0: Welcome to the alpha female podcast with me, your host, Robin Baldwin. This show is to inspire you to embrace living like an alpha female, but what is an alpha female? You may ask an alpha female is a powerful and assertive woman. Her confidence is due to being an intelligent and intellectual problem solver. She constantly strives for a happy and healthy work life harmony, but knows that it requires being true to your priorities and what makes you happy. She is never complacent about striving for better, and always nurtures the relationships with the people in her life. So let's get started. You are listening to the Alpha Female Podcast, Episode 31. All links and show notes can be found at robinbaldwin.com forward slash podcast. Today on the show, we're talking to Melissa Ramos. Melissa is a nutritionist with a background in Chinese medicine and owner of Sexy Food Therapy, Inc. Melissa helps people feel sexy from the inside out with a focus on digestion and hormone imbalances. She's a regular expert on CTV's The Social. She's been a TED speaker and has been named one of Canada's up-and-coming health and wellness stars by Flair magazine. She's an official health writer for Huffington Post and has even appeared on CBS's Emmy Award winning show, The Doctors. Her popular Quickie newsletter videos provide people with an opportunity to get their weekly fix by offering food, supplement, and lifestyle tips in an unconventional but engaging way. Her passion is infectious, and her continual dedication is to inspire, empower, and motivate as many women throughout the globe. Welcome, Melissa, to the show. Hey there. I'm so
1: excited to have you on. I'm excited to be here. I think this is uh, great that we're talking about alpha females because I definitely have quite a bit to say about it. (laughs) Awesome. Good.
0: So when I first sent you the definition, what did you think of it and how are you an alpha female?
1: Well, the first thing that actually popped into my head when you read it um, or when I read it was um, the idea of alpha females are not selfish. Sometimes we're taken that way, because you know we're a sort of women, and you know it amazes me because I think it's all it all boils down to values, and what do you value most? It doesn't make you better or you know less of a woman um depending on what you choose, whether if you're an alpha female and you know you're you are all about your career and, you know, you'd rather be a puppy mom, or if you're an alpha female and all about your career and you've got a baby, like it's just at the end of the day, different values, I think is what it boils down to. And, um, you know, especially myself being an alpha female, it's just, I've always been sort of full steam ahead. And certainly it's, it's been an issue even in previous relationships I've had where, you know, a lot of people will have, a lot of past relationships would have to take a back burner. Even my current relationship has had to take a back burner sometimes. But, you know, truthfully, I think, as you said before, I was like, it's not about balance necessarily. It's just about, and to me, it's about values. Like that just keeps coming up in my head. It's what do you value the most? And, you know, that's going to dictate on what you choose to focus on the most in your life.
0: Mm, Yeah, I think there's such a hard time when we are brought up with society's values in mind and we think we have to adhere to those, and then we realize we can design our own lives, and then once we've hit that point in life, we just stick to those principles and maintain our dignity in saying, like, nope, this is my core priority, so I'm going to put that first. Yeah, and that's so important when we, like, assert our alphaness Um, and being unapologetic about it, um, but uh also striving to take care of others in our lives, I always put the we take care of ourselves first, and that can be portrayed as selfish. But again, like if you can't take care of yourself, then you can't give any of yourself to others.
1: Yeah. You have to look after yourself and make sure that you are doing well and that you're nourished before you can feed anybody else in your life. And that's just a fact. Mm-hmm. Love it.
0: So... The purpose of this podcast is to just enlighten people on what others' work life harmony look like. So give us kind of uh, an insight into how you manage work in life and how it kind of potentially flows together.
1: Um, you know, I'm huge on lists. I think that a lot of assertive women would probably agree, like lists make my world go round. Um, if things are not scheduled off for me, if I don't have it written down, it just doesn't exist. And I think that a lot of women will write down, okay, this is what I have to get done in my business today. This is what I have to get done maybe around the home today or with my kids. But they forget to sort of schedule in the stuff that they have to do to nourish themselves. And that's a huge part for me because even today, for example, um, later today, I have scheduled a massage later today um, because probably just roughly over a week ago, I was exposed to black mold that I didn't realize that I was being exposed to. And that has become massive priority. Obviously, we removed it and everything, and I'm feeling like a thousand times better. But taking care of myself is something that I definitely put on the forefront, and that's a piece of my balance. So I'll schedule in uh, my yoga nidra, which is not me doing crazy postures. It's me laying down um, on my yoga mat with a blanket over top of me and listening to an audio recording for 45 minutes. And that helps to recharge me so that I can do – and I can perform at the best possible level that is me. Um, otherwise, in the past, the old Melissa, who was also a hustler, would be hustling and hustling and hustling and then would be burning out. And I would be, you know, gaining weight because my stress hormones were all out of whack. And I developed a sty that needed to get lacerated on. Like I, my whole body was falling apart. Mm. So, you know, you can be an alpha female, but if you are not scheduling in time for self-care which we tend to overlook then that's just alpha stupid like (laughs) you, you you need to be able to really consider that because if you don't you everything that you value that you're working so hard on day in day out will be pointless at the end of the day
0: hmm So you run Sexy Food Therapy as an entrepreneur. Do you schedule work time versus take care of you time so that you're adhering to it? Or do you sometimes let it flow based on if you're in a launch season? or?
1: It's a good question because I do schedule both in my calendar for when I need time for work, when I need time for self-care. Uh, launches are really challenging. Anyone who's ever launched an online program will probably be able to relate that it's absolute mayhem like you're you're working nonstop, and I don't even think people realize how much work goes into an online program. Like it's a good four months of, for me of planning and trying to get all you know the cards put together and shooting recipes and making them and all that kind of stuff. So, my last launch, which was uh, Sexy Lady Balls, which is my hormone membership program. Um, I know it's a bizarre. I, I, can't, I can't not giggle. It, it, trust me, it's it, everyone does when they hear it. So, lady balls refers to your ovaries, um, and making them sexy is just an idea of empowerment, really. Yeah. Um, but when I did that that launch, I was like, "This launch is going to be different. I'm going to go into it with like you know good juju. You know, like making sure I'm not burned out by the end of it, or I'm not sick." by the time that I launched, which was usually the fate of how it would always go down. Mm -hmm. So I actually ended up spending the extra bit of money and I started to get like healthy delivery delivered in. I'm not even shitting you. I had Mm. like cold pressed juices. Um, I wasn't doing a a juice cleanse because that would be just mad. But I had like cold pressed juices and I had um, fresh organic foods coming in because I don't have the time. I don't have the time to be able to make my own food during launches sometimes. Like, you know, most launches, I'd have a jar of peanut butter, like beside my desk. And like, that's (laughs) what I was eating. And that's the reality of it. Um, Let alone like, oh, I have to get up and go to the bathroom. Crap, I forgot to do that. Yeah. So So, adult diapers are the next thing? (laughs) Yeah, seriously, for entrepreneurs, that would be like the next best invention possible. Um, but it you know it got really bad, and so i I was like cold pressed juices and I had fresh food delivered, and you know yeah, it was a little bit of an added expense, but mm-hmm. um, I felt so on my game, and that even after the launch, I was like, man, I can totally like I can conquer the world right now, like I feel so good, and um it was by far my most successful launch I've had yet.
0: That's amazing. I'm an obstacles course racer, so on weekends, I'm sometimes traveling to places like Montreal or Ottawa or Toronto for just a race on Saturday, travel back on Sunday, and all of my food prep is always done Sunday night. I spend an hour or two getting everything ready, and so on race weekends, I just don't want to even think about grocery shopping after being totally exhausted, so I always invest in that extra bit of money and for meal service. And it's, it's definitely not cheap, but it's
1: what you have to do to
0: take care of yourself.
1: Yeah. Like it's not really cheap, but like at the end of the day, it's, you know, even when I was sick, like I get sick and I'm done like in 48 hours, like I'm good to go. Mm -hmm. And this time, because I found black mold on an AC unit, the fact that I was sick um, during that week, the last thing you want to do is make food for yourself. Mm. And, um, you know, being able to order meal delivery service that was very healthy for me was such a good alternative versus me having to go to the kitchen and, and be like, I don't know what I want to have. You like, just are <laughs> like, poor me. Yeah. And so having food delivered in, was it an added expense? Yeah, but I didn't want to be able to eat crap and then, you know, take more time to recover would it just sucked.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Understandable.
0: Okay. So other than lady balls, what are uh-huh. you most passionate about?
1: Um, I mean, hormones is a big one. I think that's probably like my biggest passion, um, because it's what I concentrate pretty much all my energy. That and poo, really. Like those are kind of like the big ones. But <laughs> I deal with poo a lot, like in sexy lady balls as well. Yeah. Uh, before I used to have a separate program for that, and now it's like everything kind of funnels in there. Because if you're not if you're not going to the bathroom regularly, like you're going to have hormone issues as well. Um, the other things I'm interested in personally, truthfully, um. You know, I'm a huge movie buff. I love reading, although lately it's been audiobooks because I'm on the computer quite a bit. Um, I love online marketing. Like, I really dig it. Um, I go to California a lot. I love traveling, you know, from doing, like, I was in Costa Rica in February, and um, I was doing yoga, and I was doing surfing. And so, truthfully, at the end of the day, every decision that I make, is based on the value of freedom. So could I buy a home for like $700,000? Sure. But is that going to allow me the freedom to make the decisions and you know the opportunities that I want um, that will give me the ultimate amount of freedom? So,
0: Okay, so we have to go back to poop because I was super excited to get you on here. I follow you on Periscope and I love the poop conversations. And I talk about poop quite a lot on mine because I've been fixing my digestive health after having leaky gut symptoms, basically my entire life and ignoring them. So when I was diagnosed with MS in 2014, it was like one of the first things that I researched and started addressing. And so there's one guy on my periscope that always, whenever I start talking about poop, goes hashtag everybody poops. So how have you found having that conversation? Do you like making people uncomfortable? Because no one likes talking about it. How do you kind of push through that?
1: I mean, I talk to them, and I say to them like the reality is that they have to talk to me about it if they want it to be fixed, mm-hmm. um, and a lot of the times I can tell them about my poops if it makes them feel more comfortable um, <laughs> but I, what, what I find actually most um, that makes people most uncomfortable is when they realize that um, the biggest part about their digestion isn 't you know that they're eating they 're not eating well or that they 're not drinking enough water or they don 't have enough fiber. Especially with women who are constipated, there's a massive emotional charge there that if you're constipated and you're doing all the right things on all the other levels, there's a huge emotional component behind constipation. And that I find makes people the most uncomfortable because sometimes people don't want to face what the emotion is or what that they're trying to let go or maybe they know it, but they feel that if they actually articulate it, that it's going to be real somehow. Um, and I know that that was the same case for me because I was working out, I was eating while well, I was drinking water, I was taking fiber, I was doing all the right stuff, and I couldn't like poop for like you know three to four days if I was lucky. And um, this is going back back in my twenties, and um, at that point I was in I was engaged to be married uh, to somebody who was like I had been with for a very long time. I had realized that I you know, in the back of my head that I didn't want to go through with it. But I hadn't ever even said it out loud, even in the presence of just myself, because I felt if I did that it would just make it real. And so let alone talking to somebody else about that was really hard. So when I did make that leap, and he is the ex the best ex-fiance a woman can have, I still say to this day, but when I did leave him I went to the bathroom, and I'm not even lying. I was making up for lost time. Like I, I was like, "Oh my god, I'm actually going to the bathroom. Like I am pooping like a champ." <laughs> and a huge part of it was because I, I was able to let go. Hmm. Um, and I know that might sound woo to a lot of people because I am the biggest skeptic. You know, even when I went and I studied Chinese medicine, I was a kid at the back of the the class with my arms like folded, you know, thinking to myself, all right, prove me like prove me wrong that this Mm -hmm. stuff actually works. And here I am spending like 15 grand on school like ridiculous. But like, (laughs) you know, I, I really was very skeptical about a lot of things in this field. But that I truly believe when it comes to poop, it is a taboo subject. But what becomes even harder for people to talk about are the emotional component that is the underlying belly of it.
0: Mm. And I think it's not until you're actually dealing with a health problem that you do the research and address all of these things because I'm in a mind space where I've read When the Body Says No And uh, the chapters on MS talk about um, most patients that this MD has seen um, have all left some sort of toxic relationship. And I called off my wedding in 2012 and left a very toxic relationship. Mm. And so when I start seeing how psychology and emotions play into disease and allow your body to be on the right spectrum for confusion, then it makes more sense. But I don't think most people are open to it until they're actually having to deal with a problem. Yeah. Oh, I totally agree. Yeah. So let's um, let's give them more insight into how you take care of yourself to see if we can get some good nuggets of wisdom for our listeners. What do you do on a daily basis to keep your immune system boosted when you're
1: not fighting the mold? Yeah, right. Um <laughs> Which, I mean, I'm doing really well. I actually ended up getting, um, I mean, I just missed Canada Post by, like, all of, like, 14 minutes, which sucks. But um, they were delivering uh, a salt inhaler from uh, Living Libations. Mm -hmm. And um, so I got the salt inhaler and I got their, like, essential oil longevity formula. Um, So I'm pretty stoked about that because I can use it. You can use it when you travel, too. Mm -hmm. It's pretty small. Um, It's great when you travel because all that recycled air. But on a daily basis, the stuff like I mean, that's really great because I love the essential oils. But essential oils is such a greasy business. Like, you know, there's a lot of uh, multi-level marketing companies out there that sell crappy essential oils and are like, "Yeah, we're pure." And I'm like, "Really? Have you? Can you send me data on like three months, you know, worth of third-party testing or you know other studies to be able to show that they're pure?" So essential oils are a part of it, but I have select brands that I use that I love. I actually have gotten really big into liposomal vitamin C, which the, it's, you know, if you can't afford to go get, I mean, mind you, liposomal vitamin C is pretty expensive, but um, IV therapy, uh, which a lot of people, you know, will get the the Myers cocktail. It's got vitamin C and maybe glutathione and some other sort of vitamins and like, it's a vitamin cocktail and yeah. it's given to you intravenously and you're kind of sitting there for an hour. And so, Um, I started to just get the liposomal vitamin C. And I mean, if you get liposomal glutathione, it's disgusting. Um, Don't recommend it. It's absolutely repulsive. But the vitamin C liposomal one is amazing. And especially for my adrenals, I'm really, I'm just hyper aware of it because I don't want to mess with my adrenals because I've been to that point of like mass adrenal fatigue where I couldn't get up Mm because I was so tired. So, you know, vitamin C is the most abundant in your adrenals, so, um, you know, a lot of people poo-poo it, but I would strongly suggest, like, try liposomal vitamin C. You can get it at the health food store. I got mine at the Big Carrot here in Toronto. Um, you can get it online also. Like, it's pretty easy to get online as well. And I take upwards to about eight to 10,000 uh, milligrams a day. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can go really high without getting loose bowels like you normally would if you were taking the capsules, mm-hmm. um, even if it was buffered. So adrenal support is huge for me to take care of my immune system because otherwise you can run yourself ragged and then the second that you stop, you get sick. It's why people get sick when they go on vacation. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that probiotics, you probably know I'm a huge probiotic nerd. A lot of, We don't get taught it in school for nutrition about microbiology. I even think naturopaths to a certain degree don't get educated about it to the degree that they should because I, Lord knows, I have heard the most ridiculous things coming out of ND's mouths about probiotics. But um, if your probi- if your friendly bacteria is super low, then your stress hormones are going to increase substantially. Mm-hmm. And, you know, factoring in that we're 90% made of bacteria and 10% of human cells, we're more bacteria than we are human. So it's so important to be able to like look after that. Mm-hmm. And there's so many people who are like, oh, I got a probiotic and it's like 10 billion and it's you know i are 80 billion and it's like super strength and i'm like yeah so you have a multi strain and bacteria are antagonistic meaning they kill off each other so throw all those in a capsule they're all you're going to have a dead capsule of probiotics then add it into like a plastic bottle which is where moisture can actually go into it mm-hmm. and then if there's moisture then you lose the 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 efficacy of the probiotic by 23% like it's, i just know way too much about probiotics and i probably should <laughs> but um probiotics vitamin c a damn good adrenal support are part of my routine. Mm-hmm. Um, drinking lots of water, like yeah. I mean, I always have a huge uh, glass uh, mason jar at my desk, and I aim to get through that because you know, seventy percent of us are like it's seventy percent water. Like you can't, you can't, you know, really become healthy if you're dehydrated. And of course, movement. Like you know, I've I I, I, I I'll be honest with you, Robin. I hate the standing desk thing. I just can't do. do you? It. Oh, I hate it. From a I, what standpoint?
0: I just can't walk and type. Oh, it's not kind of walk. Like, I, can, I can do the stand. I can't do the walking and working.
1: Yes, yeah, so the walking and working I can't do. I can't stand and do it. Okay. Like, I just don't. I, I, I just, I, I've tried. I, like, I've really, really tried. Um, I ended up getting the core chair, which is, you know, really great for your posture. And you can kind of move around with it. It's kind of based off a of stability ball. So that's mm-hmm. my chair. And I love it. Was it on um, Dragon's Den? Yeah, it was actually recently on *Dragons Den*. Okay. Um, I definitely got it before they were on that thing, but um, you know, it's it's a great chair. It's a it's pricey, but you know, when you're having when you're wearing your shoulders as earrings half the time, you kind of look like, okay, well, I I need to invest in a good chair if I'm spending X amount of hours on it. Mm-hmm. Um, I set a timer on my phone, um, to get up and to do a vinyasa. Believe it or not. Yeah. So I do that. Um, I have a dog. So thank God, because that, you know, forces you to get up and go outside and get air. Oh, that's awesome. And yeah, you know, and I and I, I think movement's key. And I really think I took movement for granted for, man, a long, long time. Um, I was either sedentary, or I was the complete opposite where I was doing high intensity and thought like, yeah, I need someone to like, I need to like run faster and jump higher. And you know, ended up realizing that that's not always the case of what makes you healthy.
0: Yeah. Okay. We'll get into fitness in a second. I want to go back to something you said about probiotics. You said something about cortisol spiking Mm -hmm. when you don't have the right gut bacteria. Is that a normal indicator that you should be looking at what strains are actually in your gut?
1: Probiotics are, people are like, oh, so how long do I take it? And I always say to people, you need to be looking at a probiotic. As something that's even more important than taking a multi, and if you're stressed out, then you definitely need a probiotic on it every day. And you know the most researched strain is Lactobacillus acidophilus, and even though you'll see it in a lot of probiotics, it's not that one that's been researched. Is it's the, the DDS one strain? So dog dog Samantha, I guess. Okay. Uh, so DDS one <laughs> uh, acidophilus is the one that is the one that has the most research on it, and what it does is it creates was um, sort of like a a natural antibiotic into your body. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's like this massive, you know, um, little fighter happening in your body and acidophilus will help to take residency in your small intestine and then bifidobacterium uh, takes residency in your large intestine. And then you've got a strain called lactobacillus bulgaricus, which is amazing because it's been shown as a massive... um, antibacterial, like it helps with if you've got E. coli, it helps if you to bring down fevers um, and they all sort of have different areas that they go into the digestive system but um, if you are stressed out and you're like oh, I'm just going to buy this probiotic that's like 20 or 30 bucks, rock on because you know what, you're going to buy that and it's like throwing money down the drain. I would rather pay 50 bucks and get something that's actually working for me, especially given everything I've learned about probiotics in the recent bit has been seriously eye-opening um, in terms of how probiotics are handled. Like shelf-stable ones are absolute bull. Like I don't believe in soil, soil-based soil probiotics. You know, you just have to be really careful because this is bacteria. And bacteria, by nature, are selfish little creatures. Like they they do anything to be able to thrive. And so they have to be in the right temperature control and they have to have a proper delivery system so that they're bypassing stomach acid and also bile. Mm-hmm. um, in the body. So, um, I'm a huge, huge fan of them because even like, man, when I'm stressed, sometimes I even double up. I'm not even kidding because you're 70% of your immune systems in your digestive system. Mm-hmm. So if you're not like taking care of your digestion, which really is your core and Robin, if you're talking about poop, you'll know this
0: mm-hmm. that, you
1: know, you're eating crap. You're going to feel like crap. Like I just spoke to someone today who was saying to me, that she's terrified of going in for a surgery, which isn't life-threatening, but she's terrified of going in for this surgery. And she's like, you know, I don't want my niece to be without an aunt and et cetera, et cetera. And I said, cool. So I guess you didn't think about that, about like the Coke that you're drinking or the gluten and the dairy, because that that stuff is actually killing you. Mm-hmm. Like that's killing you. Mm-hmm. Like the surgery is not even life-threatening. Like what you're putting to <laughs> your mouth is killing you. So... I'm a huge like, proponent of like eat well and take your probiotics because otherwise your immune function will just take a nosedive and then you're going to be like, I don't understand why I'm sick. Mm-hmm. Or you're going to go to your nutritionist or your naturopath at like 40 years old and go, I don't understand why this just happened to me. It's like, girl, it didn't just happen to you. You've been working at this for years. Yeah. And it's um, it's such
0: a fun, I find it a fun experiment. I know it's overwhelming for a lot of people, but I kind of look back on my health journey and I started seeing a naturopath when I was in my fitness competition days. And that's when some health things started arising. Things like my cortisol was spiking and we never put a finger on it. And we never really talked about probiotics or really fixing my digestion at the time. And I may have downplayed how bad my um like i would get t- i've been getting constant diarrhea for most of my life until the beginning of this year i finally like locked down solid poops for like the for like 3 months in a row and i was celebrating every time i went to the washroom i was fist pumping in celebration <laughs> but um and that's because i'm like doing stool tests now with my functional medicine doctors to see right. what what exactly i had to cut out nightshade vegetables and that did wonders but it took a year for my system to reset and get that out of my system and i had to go gluten free at time of diagnosis too cuz I was always kind of like treating myself once a week with gluten. So there's so many things. But again, like I, I as many of us, like I want the world to be more proactive with their healthcare care um, and just listen to these stories and go, okay, I'm not going to ignore this symptom before it just gets full blown. I know the majority of people don't, but as long as we can be loud voices, just like hammering it into people's heads that they should think about these things proactively, then our jobs will be easier.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. I totally agree with you. So weekly fitness
0: routine. So what is it like now? And you talked a little bit about how it used to be like, I think most alphas kind of get there. Like I need to be more epic and more challenging and do all of these things. So it's funny because so many of my interviewees are now in seasons of their life where they're just involved in movement and being nicer to their
1: bodies. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that there is definitely a bigger push uh, push with uh, like yin yoga and stuff like that to understand that we need that yin if we are going to be expecting that we're going to be more yang. So Mm -hmm. not yang, it's yang. And people always say it wrong and it drives me nuts because I have a background (laughs) in Chinese medicine. Like it's not yang, stop saying that. Yeah. But yeah, you know, if you want to be on, you need to have the off. I remember Deepak Chopra had said that um, when I had interviewed him for Huffington Post, he was like, you need to have the opposite. Mm -hmm. And um, I totally believe that. And so my fitness routine before I was doing like HIIT training and I was like, you know, and I hated it. I was like, why are people like, I tried to do insanity. And I'm like, I don't want someone yelling at me to run faster and jump (laughs) higher. This is pissing me off. Like, stop yelling at me. (laughs) And so I started dreading my workouts. And I hated it. And that really sucks when you're trying to make it a part of your lifestyle. So my friend got me into Pio, which, yes, is a beach body workout, I realize. Yeah, Um, but Shailene Johnson's awesome. She's freaking, like, she's the shiz. Like, she's so great. I drink all her Kool-Aid. Yeah, like, she's just so amazing. And I love her vibe and her energy. And um, so I got into doing Pio, and I fell in love with it and loved it. And so I'm like, this really is amazing. And so, you know, I did that, did really well and started to lose weight. And again, it wasn't just the pio, it was also, you know, um, portion control, which was a huge thing because, yeah, we can all eat healthy, but a lot of us are eating way too much food. Like a bowl and, you know, nuts are great for you and so is dark chocolate, but you eat a freaking whole bowl of it like at your desk. You know, there's a reality that, like, that there is something to be said about like a way over consumption of calories and I'm not a calorie counter, but you know, portion control I do believe is key. So, you know, I started to do Pio loved it. Now I'm incorporating some weights as well. Um, But I did it slowly because when I started to do other sort of weight type based programs, Um, it would just wipe me right out. And I think that's an indication. Like if you're tired after your workout, it's too much on your adrenals. And you might have to just take a step back and then slowly get into it before Mm -hmm. your body can handle it. And I found that that was the case for me because when I started to do like some weight programs, I would be just like exhausted afterwards. I'm like, okay, it's just not the right time. So I just keep doing PIO and then try to add it in again at some point and see if my body can handle it. Mm -hmm. And now I'm doing it like a champ and I feel amazing but it took time to get there. Like it really took time to get there. Like it took me probably about six months until I could actually properly incorporate um, you know, like I do the twenty-one day fix and I love it. And but it took me almost six months until my body and my adrenals were actually ready to be able to do it. If I would have done it right off the go, it would have been the same, like, I hate this. Why are like I don't wanna lift this. Like, <laughs> just give me a soup can. Like, this sucks. <laughs> You know, um, so I think people have to have a bit more patience, And like you said, like, just kind of go into the the idea of, like, love your body more. Like, this isn't a race. Relax. You will get there. Mm -hmm. But you're not going to blow out your adrenals and blow out your body. And then all of a sudden, it's just going to take you back so much more. Mm
0: -hmm. I had adrenal fatigue at the beginning of this year after having done 20 races last year, both road, trail, and obstacle course, a year, like the year of my diagnosis. And that was because I had scheduled them ahead of time, was diagnosed, and then said, oh, like, you, you're still epic. Like, you, you're gonna be able to do this. MS isn't gonna slow you down. And then my functional medicine doctor sees me in February, and my pupils are um, going wide open at the light test. He's like, are you tired? I'm like, yeah, I haven't been really like into my workouts nah. for the past month. He's like, pretty sure you have adrenal fatigue. I'm like, mm, yep. <laughs> like I, I didn't even fight it. I'm like, yeah, I can totally get that. So Totally. It, but I think it's also, there's so many, there's a lot of epic fitness people that listen to this as well. And it's like. There's no problem with you challenging yourself, but know when you need to rest and honoring rest days and honoring doing things like um, I got into yin yoga last year so that I had that balance even though I was trying to push it and making sure that I now have, you know, weekly yoga in so that I'm one, mentally allowing myself to rest um, and allowing myself to do things that aren't pushing.
1: Got it. And, you know, it's really important because sometimes like there's days where I'm exhausted. Like I'm exhausted and I'm at my computer and it's like, duh, like you just, nothing is coming out. Like I'm, you know, flies are coming out of my mouth. Like it's just, it's bad. Mm-hmm. Like, I, it, it, like I'm like i useless. And my fiance will look at me and go, just rest. yeah. Like Melissa, just stop working. Like it's useless. Like, so what? You take the morning off and then you have a later day. Yeah. Go you have know? a nap. <laughs> like, chill. Go watch a couple of seasons of, like, I don't know, The Walking Dead or Grey's yes. Anatomy. Like, <laughs> rock on. Do that. Like, yeah. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I can do that because I work for myself so I can make my own hours. Like, of <laughs> course I can do this. But you forget sometimes because it's this idea of, like, no, push hard. Go crazy. And I think as an alpha female, like, again, don't be alpha stupid. Like, look at your stuff and go what is the most effective and the smartest way for me to work? And trust me, I was not very good at that before where I would, you know, be working and be working super challenging. And I was raised in a family that was blue collared and immigrant parents and would work really, really hard to the point that they would get sick. And I was following in that footsteps. So now I'm all about like, yeah, I'm setting up all these, this process. That was my word for the year was process. Mm. And I never think about what my word is. I'm just like, what's my word for the year? And the first word that pops in, I just go with it. And so it was like process. And I'm like, well, that's not very sexy. <laughs> so, you know, I'm working really hard setting up all these process, which takes time and lots of patience, but it's the idea of being able to work smarter, not work harder. Cause if you're an alpha female, really you have to concentrate on that because you know, you don't want to burn out. Like you're, you're not proving yourself to anyone else, but yourself at that point.
0: Mm -hmm. And I threw out the word work-life balance. Like I got rid of that before starting the show and have been pushing hard on work-life harmony, but then there's like life harm, like within that is the life portion. Like, there's the sayings where you, you know, work to live, live to work, um, and all of that jazz. But even in your life, if you're, like, pushing your fitness and your extracurriculars and trying to jam-packing all of these these adventures into that life portion and how that flows together. um, Mm. And, you know, if your priorities are to tackle all these goals, then sometimes we feel weird saying, like, uh, am I allowed to prioritize rest? <laughs> like, it yeah. al- it almost feels like like it's a taboo thing to prioritize rest, and so we name it self care, and then it feels so much better. And I know that that is the trend, and I like I am a, the biggest proponent of self care. So if we need to name it that, so that we actually prioritize, so be it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> totally, absolutely, can agree more.
0: So you've talked about health habits, but let's get into how you nourish yourself. Give us kind of like a day in your life of feeding.
1: Well, I wake up in the morning and I have a shot, not alcoholic, but a shot. (laughs) And uh, I'm actually uh, releasing that recipe on my uh, newsletter video I'm doing. And it's a great shot. It's got like lemon. It's actually an adaptation from Ancestral Nutrition. Um, Danny Andrews came out with it. And so I essentially took her recipe, of course, I gave her credit for it, um, but I added in some of my own twist to it. So I added in, like, I, I'm a huge proponent of juiced ginger. Mm. So if you have a juicer, juice ginger. Like, it's... Every even week. if Oh, Every like, week. seriously. Yeah. Like, just even put that stuff in your ice cube tray. And then if you get sick, it's like a... You, you're, when you're in the kitchen, you're like, I don't want to do anything. I don't want a great ginger. Like you Like, <laughs> pop out an ice cube, throw in some hot water, boom, ginger tea. Like... It just will make your life so much easier. <laughs> so um, I put in juice ginger into this shot along with some other stuff that um, Danny Andrews actually had created. Um, I put turmeric in there as well, a little bit of black pepper. It sounds more disgusting, but it actually tastes really good. It kind of tastes like a ginger kombucha, actually. So it's it's tasty. So I have that, and then um, you know I'll have that in the morning, and then I will um, have a little bit of like my Vega pre-energizer workout um, sugar-free thingy. And so I have that, I work out, I do my payo. Um After I'm done my Pio, I'll probably have a smoothie. And then that takes me until like midday. I might have like some apples with almond butter. And then lunch is usually my biggest meal of the day. Um, and I, I love like spiralizing stuff. So sometimes I'll spiralize like zucchini and throw in pesto because it's just so super, super quick. Um, I might make salmon for myself. I might make chicken. I might have a vegan meal if like that's what I, I feel. Um, I, I kind of listen to my body. I, I don't really have a label and, like, okay, I'm paleo or I'm vegan. It's like, no, I just listen to what I feel is going to work best because I'm very intuitive with what my body needs. Mm-hmm. And then uh, dinner comes around and I might have some of what I had for lunch, maybe a smaller portion of it. Um, I do have soups that are in my freezer. So sometimes I'll, like, you know, just thaw out something and have a little bit of that. So l- dinner tends to be a lot smaller or even like midday, actually, between lunch and dinner. I'll have, uh, either my energizing hot chocolate, um, which gives me a nice little boost. It's like cacao and maca, a pinch of cayenne because I like stuff spicy. I might even have like a matcha hemp latte that I, I make as well. Um, I'm really huge into like lattes and elixirs and stuff like that. I, I get a real kick out of making stuff like that. And then, yeah, like, you know, time dinner comes around, if I'm still not working and doing a webinar, then, um, I don't know, Walking Dead, which, I mean, season six was so damn good, honestly. I haven't watched the last episode. It's, like, queued up on
0: my iTunes, and I'm just, like, waiting for the weekend. Oh, oh my God. You're going to
1: go insane. It was the best ever. (laughs) I, like saved it and I wa- got Eric to watch I'm like, you gotta watch this because that's the best way it was filmed and everything like just I, I'm like a huge fan of like how stuff is edited and I'm really big on creative like because I do so much video yeah but man was it good. We're recording this in April and this morning, they're going to
0: be like, what, why are you talking? Because this is airing in July. Um, But uh, this morning on my Periscope, I like admitted to everyone that I'm like preparing for the zombie apocalypse. Like I'm growing a vegetable garden this year and learning (laughs) how to hunt.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Awesome. No, it's true. You know, like I, uh, I, like that's kind of my day in terms of what I eat and what I drink. Um, you know, I used to be a big time party girl uh, before because I was an ad exec for a long time. So it's like work hard, play me hard. Me too. Yeah. So I was like, I honestly like I can drink most guys under the table. So I don't. I can like maybe like not drink for like six months, and then all of a sudden, you know, go out. And if I drink, it sucks because I'm like, I'm the only person that like I. I people look at me and go, wow, like that's that's a lot. But you you seem totally fine. I'm like, I have really fast phase one detoxification, clearly. Um, <laughs> but, uh, so I don't really drink very much anymore because it's kind of pointless for me because I have to like, even just to kind of get, feel something, I guess, I have to, it's just, it kind of sucks. But when I was in advertising, it was like, I would drink a lot. And, you know, I was a smoker and, you know, in my twenties, I was a huge pot smoker in my early twenties. Um, cause I was an artist. I painted murals and I, that's, mm-hmm. I was like that quirky kid. I was never a popular kid. Um, so I guess it's what people see in my videos is like this quirky personality, but that's always kind of who I've been and people kind of seem to dig it now they see it on camera, which I find kind of, you know, humorous Um, because I just, people always just thought I was kind of weird, but I don't know. It's just, I'm pretty creative. So I guess in my earlier part of my life, I just, I turned to substances a lot because maybe I was trying to escape a piece of that because I was ashamed of it. And then now as I kind of grew into that, it's become something that like, hey, I'm cool with that. And I can go to a restaurant and just have like a glass or two of wine, Mm -hmm. you know, with my meal and have a really great glass of wine and be okay with that versus feeling like I need to have like, you know, five or six of them just to be able to catch a buzz. Like it's just, so my life has definitely changed from when I was in my 20s. Yeah, same, same.
0: And love the red wine because of the antioxidants and lower I try always buy lower sugar counts because I've basically gotten rid of all sugar in my diet other than fruit um so um yeah I was but I, I could put back an entire bottle of tequila and it like hardly fazed me the next day so I was um same type of ad exec party girl in my early 20s yeah and we were both in Toronto, so I'm surprised we never met at the... What uh, ad agency uh, did you work at? I was in media, so I worked at like six different ones from OMD to UM Canada.
1: Really? Because I worked at... Uh, you worked at OMD? Yeah. I worked at JWT. Ah, okay. Yeah, so that we definitely were running in that same sort of um, circle for yeah. sure. But it's a really like a thankless kind of job and you just like, you know, you go out to drink afterwards after you just get yelled at by your clients and you're like, this is why we drink. <laughs> right. I totally you know, understood. that's kind of how it is. And I think a lot of people in the health industry are like, oh no, I, I'm like so holier than now than perfect. And I don't do any of that. I'm like, oh, bullshit. Like you did it at some point. Yeah. So um, you had to understand it. I'm like, give me a break. So I don't know. I'm pretty, I'm pretty upfront and pretty real with like my history and stuff and that I was a smoker and I did turn to a lot of drugs and mm-hmm. a lot of drinking and stuff. And I, I don't do that anymore. doesn't mean I don't have outlets because I certainly do have drinks every now and then, but uh, my life has changed substantially from where it used to be. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, I thank you for being so unapologetic about who you are, and I love that once we reach certain points in our life, we're doing things to hide parts of ourselves, or we were maybe, like, developing our self-confidence, and then when we get older, it's just like, no, this is who I am, like, love me or not, like, I'm going to put it out
1: into the world, and you can accept it, or I'll see you later. Yeah, exactly, because it gets really tiring to have to pretend like you're somebody else. I just... I don't have patience
0: for that. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So on that note, I always ask my alpha females, there's usually some sort of pain point around being an alpha female that we have to problem solve for, whether it's explaining our personality or managing ourselves. So what would be one of your pain points?
1: Got it. Yeah, I kind of, all my reviews when I was at work was, Melissa needs to be a bit more sunnier. (laughs) I'm like, that's telling me that in other words that I am a, and we know what that word is. Yes. Um, So... Yeah, I think that, that probably, I would probably have to agree with that because, you know, I've I've been very assertive, I'm very assertive in business, very assertive. And I've worked with people who were like the liaison between me and, you know, sponsors and so forth, where I've had to like, you know, go, wow, you're totally ripping me off. Like you're absolutely ripping me off. And then I get called names and I'm like, yeah, but if I was a dude, you would never call me that. In fact, you probably wouldn't give me half the grease and you probably would be even paying me more. So I think a big part of it is, you know, being assertive. I'm very assertive. I'm even assertive with the people who come see me. Like I always say to people, don't come to see me if you don't want the truth. Because at the end of the day if I give you a plan and by your follow up, you haven't done it. I'm rescheduling it until you do. Mm-hmm. Because what is there to follow up on? Wow. I didn't do anything you told me to do. Oh, that's cool. So you're wasting your money. Just, just, let's just pre, like book this for another time. Um, and sometimes people get upset with that. And sometimes people get upset in business when. You know, I'm assertive. I, I got assertive with a client who asked me for, you know, um, oh, I, I emailed your operations girl, Melissa, who is like my right hand. Mm-hmm. Um, and I emailed her. She didn't get back to me. And I'm like, you emailed her 10 minutes ago. <laughs> and like you're asking me for reports when it's on – we give you reports every Monday. So you're asking me for something additional on Wednesday. You're going to have to wait till Monday. It's outside of our scope of contract. I think that if as a woman, I'm really – I am assertive and I am – I always say you need a damn good accountant and a damn good lawyer. And, um, you know, I've got both and I I look at everything. I read through contracts with a fine-tooth comb. I've been ripped off in business. I have fired people. I'm hard on my team and I'm also like the best boss and also I can be a bit of a jerk sometimes only because I'm like this stuff has to run properly. And this is my baby. I've worked this from the ground up. I haven't had furniture in my apartment for well over a year until I could get my business started up. Mm -hmm. Luckily, I have furniture now. (laughs) But I mean, you know, I think a lot of people would say, you know, Melissa can be hard to work with. I'm not hard to work with. I just know what what I want. Mm -hmm. And that's where I'm very unapologetic. I'm not going to mold and shift. I can try to put my delivery a bit better. Sometimes even my my fiance is like, Melissa, you just got to soften up a little bit. And I'm just like, I don't have patience for stupid people. Like Sometimes people will say stuff and it it boggles my mind at like where was your train of thought when you even thought you could pull that off on somebody. Mm -hmm. Like I don't believe in ripping people off. I don't believe ripping people off in their supplements as companies when many companies do it when they're private label and purchasing probiotics for example in bulk from generic factories and selling it to people for 40 bucks I think is a rip off and I don't like people being ripped off. I don't like being ripped off in business. Um, I don't rip off my patients. Everything that I do in my business, if any, if I recommend a product, if the way I function in my business is very ethical the people that I work with and associate with are the exact same way and I won't stand for anything less. So that's probably my biggest point of being unapologetic. I love
0: it. I love the words assertive and that not being a negative word. And I also love like what keeps coming to mind is that you're just giving people tough love because it's like, this is who I am. So if you can deal with that and that's what you want from someone who's going to help you take charge of your life and be proactive with your healthcare, then this is who I like I'm going to be for you. It's just being upfront and not trying to change. The only thing, like, that I think that I've done in terms of my tone is I'm learning how to communicate with different personalities, but still not changing myself. And like, okay, I'll change how I approach this conversation, but I'm still going to be direct because that's just who I am and I can't change it.
1: (laughs) Yeah. No, and I agree. And I think that, like, especially when I approach people, like, I it's definitely like some learnings in terms of like, how can you serve it up a bit better? Can you come up with something positive to say versus like, you know, saying, good morning, great to hear from you versus, hey, like, what the heck is this? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, which sometimes I'm tempted to do because I'm like, I'm on a schedule and I've got stuff to do. So right. a lot of the times I'm very much to the point, like you said, that how you feel about yourself. So yeah, yeah, I would probably have to agree with you on that. Like, you know, I, I do my best to try to go, okay, Melissa, you could probably start off by being a little softer. Um, <laughs> it's interesting because even my tribe, like, we really appreciate the, the no BS approach because um, it's able, it allows them to be able to push through any victimhood or addiction to support that a lot of people have that is creating a perpetual cycle of just keeping them sick.
0: Mm, yeah, like, a lot of the times they here. want people to, like, this is my problem, I need you to fix it, not like, to make, make me strong enough to help figure it out myself, too.
1: Yeah, and I, at the end of the day, it's like, you know, I can, I can help you in any, I can help you with your stuff, but at the end of the day, I'm not going to be here to coax you, I'm going to be here to get you well. Hmm. Whatever that takes, even if that means that I am going to have to give you some tough love, then that's exactly how it's going to be. And truthfully, like, my tribe knows it. They dig it. I have a free group, Sexy Food Therapy, community on Facebook that anyone can join. It's free. And when people go to it, like some people are like, I have to put my foot down. Like I have over 5,000 people in that group. Um, and by the time that people are listening to this now, it probably will be well well more than that. But, you know, I've got people who are highly demanding and like incredibly self-entitled sometimes. And I'm like, I'm sorry. I didn't get back to you within 24 hours with your free advice. Like, give me a break. Like, I think that as as entrepreneurs, especially, um, we have to be able to draw boundaries because boundaries create space. Mm. Um, and if you're thinking that like, I want to serve everyone, you can, you can, you can do as much as you can, but boundaries are so incredibly important in business. If you don't have boundaries, then you are going to be trying to pull at other people and wonder why you're feeling so deficient.
0: Mm. So on that note, my favorite question is the last one of the interview and it's always different for everyone. And so I can't wait for you to tell us what is your definition of happiness?
1: Um, I think my definition, well, my definition of happiness is that you, it's not so much a definition, but more so to understand that if you're always striving for happiness, that you will inevitably be the opposite. And that might sound weird to some people. But I don't believe that you can be happy all the time. This idea of I'm going to be, I, I, I just, I'm trying to be happy. I'm trying to be happy. I'm like, cool. Then you're always going to be miserable. <laughs> it's the reality of it. It's a yin-yang. And there's like four, um, four sort of like, okay, the word escapes me, but there's four areas of yin and yang and how they interact. Like um, one can consume the other one, um, you know, and so When you're trying to always be happy, you'll always have the inevitable, the other one. So what I say to people is, instead of always trying to focus on being happy, just try to focus on being as balanced as possible. And so what does that mean? If you want to be balanced, when you're feeling like it's really easy to be grateful when everything's going great. I'm so grateful. Of course you are. Everything's awesome. But then when things are going like heck and it's going awful, then it's really hard to feel grateful. So what I always say to people um, is, what are you most grateful in your struggle? And if you can look at the worst things that have happened to you, and I've had some doozies happen in my life for sure. That what, how did that, how did that benefit me? How did this horrible experience benefit me? And in turn, how did it benefit other people? Like you know, I suffered. I went through a surgery where I had an ovarian cyst that ruptured and tore a piece of my ovary off, and I was hemorrhaging internally, and in my my surgery um, you know, like thankfully they, they saved me. Um, but when I look at that and that was a really hard experience cause I was in months of recovery cause they stapled me up and the et cetera, et cetera. But how did that serve me? Well, it serves me in the sense that I'm, I'm like, I'm a fighter and I'm much, I'm definitely my partner laughs cause he's always like hashtagging survivor, like, you know, like, um, first world problems. Yeah. He's like, Oh, I lost my mitten. Hashtag survivor. Like So we have this running joke. But with that, definitely I was able to be a survivor. And from that experience, I was able to serve other people. So when things are going really bad for you, so if you're feeling miserable, what are you miserable, miserable about? And how does it actually serve you? And I think that's the question people have to ask versus always being like, I'm upset. I'm going to strive to be happy. It's, it's absolute BS. Then you're never going to be happy. It's, the, it's having the unattainable it's to be able to look at what is the beauty and the struggle that you're going through. And once you do that, you can be in a much more state of gratitude, um, than you would if you were just consistently trying to be happy.
0: Mm, Love it. Thank you so much for your time today. I truly appreciate you. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. This episode is sponsored by the live like an alpha female challenge. Are you ready to take charge of your fitness and health routine? Are you ready to get organized so you have more time to spend with your family or friends or loved ones without feeling always stressed? That's why I created the Live Like an Alpha Female Challenge. A challenge that helps you decrease stress, get organized, and find more time in your day to go after all of your crazy big goals and dreams. The challenge includes five emails with a video message from me on how to fit in fitness, optimize your health and nutrition, stay healthy at work and all my smartphone organization tips. Sign up at robinbaldwin.com forward slash alpha female for the free challenge today. Thank you for listening to the Alpha Female podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the show and I would love you to eternity and back if you would be so kind to open your podcast app of choice and leave me a rating and review. You can find more of me at robinbaldwin.com. That's Robin with a Y, B-A-L-D-W-I-N. And join us next week for another inspiring chat. I hope you have a spectacular day.